Boom, there it is. All right, welcome, welcome everybody to this beautiful Wednesday. Uh, I have got a cool, funny, awesome guest. We're going to have a great time talking about gamifying your therapy. So here we go. Practicing polyamory, real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right. As I said, everybody, welcome to this beautiful Wednesday. Before we jump in and chat with today's guest, I want to quickly remind everybody that we are open for questions. If you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs. Follow us on all social media platforms, especially Facebook and Instagram. That's where I'm most active, at Practicing Poly A, but we're there everywhere. Send me a message. Would love to hear from you and uh, get your topic talked about on the, on, on the air. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it is that you download podcasts. Remember that this show is live. Join us for the recording. You can get your questions answered live on the spot. And as always, reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. We're here to share stories and we want to get as many voices as possible to speak here because the more stories we hear, the more representation we have, the more others see us in themselves and the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com and sign up today. All right, y'all know I'm going to say that every day, but the best part of the show, introducing our awesome guest. I can say with 100% certainty that our guest today is a gamer. Now, I have no idea whether or not our guest actually plays video games. Actually, I do now because we totally... Anyway, my guess is he definitely does. But a fascinating thing that he does, that he's done, is to gamify therapy. Change is hard. It takes a lot of effort. It's often overwhelming, especially if you're particularly susceptible to overwhelm. And there's something they don't tell you about change. It takes a lot of practice, a.k.a. repetition, to affect real change. Today's guest has applied game theory to psychotherapy, and by using gamification, temptation bundling, and reward systems, he keeps his clients engaged and having fun while making impactful changes in their lives. I'm so excited to speak to this innovator and hero, joining us today from Heroic Health Group out of Largo, Florida. Welcome to the show, Matt Hey James. No, you were good. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Thanks for having me here. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I want to hear all about you. Um, shock and surprise uh, just before the show when you told me you're a nerd. So yeah. <laughs> tell me your nerdy stories. Tell me how you decided to gamify therapy. What what brought that on? How did you do it? Um, I, I started out like most, you know, uh, mental health counselors and doing agency work. And so you're you're more about sitting there going in and they say, here's a stack of charts. That's what you do. And you do that right to the best of your ability. Those are your cases. You try to go take care of those people. You do the best job you can. And there's not a lot of freedom. Um, but you do learn the ropes. You do learn what you're doing and you find out some things that you're good at. Um, and as you progress at some point, you're like, I, I want to go try private practice. And I moved into private practice. I remember the first 
odd question I got, um, which is a normal thing in private practice to ask, what is your specialty? And mm. yeah, and, and I was like, whatever cases no one wants here, they put them on my desk and that's, that's what I do. <laughs> oh man. So, so yeah, um, I didn't have a specialty and, and I was, they were like, well, you can do anything you want. And you know, I, I thought about it and I'd heard about using Dungeons and Dragons for group therapy um, with a variety of clients and I'm a big gamer. And I was like, you know, I, I really want to try this because I I myself don't like going in a room, talking to someone and not knowing who they are and then putting us through like silly mm -hmm. things to do together that nobody there wants to do. Um, right. I, I have the same reaction. I'm like, yeah, can this be over soon? <laughs> like, who wants to do that? Yeah, nobody wants to do it. And so I get it from kids and, and I've done work with children before too. And, and I know that they freeze up. You're, you're somebody they don't know. Right. They're in a very vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. um, and you're an adult <laughs> like, and, and you're boring. My niece and nephew are at that age right now where I'm no longer cool. I, I used to be the cool uncle and you know, now I'm just the uncle, but anyway, so so you use games to break these walls down for people to get them more comfortable with the idea of therapy and uh, you make it fun. Now I'm, I'm a bad polyamorist. I had, I don't think I've played D and D since like sophomore year of high school. I tried it once. So you got to explain to me how, uh, and I know the basics, right? roll of the dice and if it's 20 that's a good thing and if it's a one that's going to be really really bad so you know how do you use DD &D, make it into a game that you can use for therapy well, it, it sounds super easy but tell me so so group therapy is fundamentally it's about scaffolding and so other members in the group are able to show people the behaviors that you want the client to learn because maybe they've already learned them or maybe they need to learn from the other person something. And so they're transferring what they have as ability. Um, with Dungeons and Dragons, you're allowing that to happen, but you're also allowing an imaginative world with no real repercussions, right? Mm -hmm. So no one's going to get in trouble for making a mistake. It, their character might get hurt, but you know, you're going to heal them, so it's fine but they get to experiment with these things they need to learn about in a very safe place mm -hmm. that they're not really taking any risks. And that's from anything from um, dealing with bullies um, to gender. So all of that's an option inside of the game that you can pull off. It's just, we're having fun. We're playing a game. Just playing a game. So I, I am thinking of two pop culture references that are heavy in D and D mythology, right? So I'm thinking onward uh from disney right okay. and netflix uh stranger things okay right yeah. there's a lot of those things that go in there um how would you relate have you seen those yeah. first of all are you familiar <laughs> with those okay <laughs> yes, cool, cool cool because i was totally gonna ruin my question if you <laughs> hadn't seen those shows um but how do how does uh if if at all how would you use some of the stuff from those shows some of the stuff that you've seen in the shows, how it relates to therapy. So I think with Onward, you're seeing two people, two brothers, and they're having to solve these problems together. And they're both showing each other where they're capable. And they're able to cover from one another and scaffold the behaviors that the other one needs to learn. Right? 
just mm-hmm. like I was saying. So they're showing each other, hey, this is what I'm really good at. These are this is how I do it. And the other one goes, oh, that's how he does it. Wow, that's amazing about him. I think I can learn that from him too. Mm, nice. And so in your group therapy practice, taking it back, uh, when you have that going on in D&D, as the dungeon master, right, you get to create the scenarios and you tell a story that puts their character in a spot where they need to, I don't know, how, how, continue the story for me. Okay. What do they need to do when, when, they're, when their character is faced with a dilemma? So, you know, I, I think... One of the ones is they create their own confrontation and then they have to solve it, you know, and that that's anywhere from they find treasure and then they have to divide it amongst the group. And so if you have people that need to learn better sharing, then that that becomes a thing. And somebody in the group is hopefully going to step forward and be like, no, we have to do this the right way. And if they don't, it, there's no real percussions, you know, they're, they're not going to get hurt from it, but maybe they gave the wand to the thief and they gave the special knife to the, you know, the wizard. And now those two things are kind of useless within the party. So later on down the line, when they face the big bad guy, they're going to lose because of misappropriation of the goods. Got it. Got it. I love that. I love that. All right. One of the things you wanted me to make sure to touch on was using nonviolent language and I statements. So when this situation happens that they gave the knife to the wizard and the wand to the, what did you say? The bard? Yeah, yeah, the thief. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with <laughs> right, that. Right, yeah. That was totally... Uh, anyway, when that happens, an argument possibly ensues. And maybe solving those with I statements? And how else do you use it? Give me another example. I mean, um, well, the language... The, the, the I statements is, you know, being on the Poly Show, I, I thought this is something I really want to bring because it's something I run into all the time. Um, as a therapist working uh, with Polycule's um, couples, whatever, right? I'm working with everybody and this comes up a lot where somebody teaches them in therapy or somewhere along the line, they learn an I statement. Um, and that's the idea that you're going to take ownership of your feelings in the situation. You're going to express those feelings about the situation without laying blame on the other person. And often what I get is the person puts I in front of a sentence that is still bad. <laughs> like like mm. they, they don't grasp the concept that it is you're not going to blame blame on the other person. You're just going to say what the situation is. It's not their fault. This is the situation. And they can take it and make change. Or they can explain why they're doing it, apologize that it's causing the other person that problem, and try to come up with a solution, hopefully. right? But the idea is that when you lay blame on the other person for the scenario, even, even if that other person's creating it, they become defensive. And once they're defensive, you're not going to have a productive conversation. And so, you know, I feel like you're a giant pain in the butt is not an I statement. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. What would be an I statement? Like, how can we change something like that? Uh, Can you give us some some examples, uh, maybe some things that you've seen where somebody was using exactly the way that you said, you know, I think that you're a giant pain in the ass, you know. Uh, that's that's one thing, but I it doesn't sound like that's well I don't know you tell me other examples other ways that you've heard these I statements get twisted and how you got them turned around so that they actually are true I statements. Um, so 
it's really it's really in the formation of language. And so it gets down into semantics. And sometimes you have to practice it on your own before you bring it to the person. That's a that's a big thing. And the more you practice, the better you're going to get. But a simple example is how important language is when we talk about this stuff is just just the tiniest example. Did you get your homework done? Right. That mm -hmm. implies the child, the person did not get what the job was done. You already know they didn't get it done and they're already in trouble before you came into the room and asked, as opposed to, hey, do you need any help with the homework? Got same, it. Same question. Did you take out the trash? Did you clean this? Did you get that thing fixed in the car? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, knowing you're... that that wasn't done, it's creating that problem before before it really is a problem, I guess. It's like you're going into it with a hostile intent. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, it's not even hostile in our concept when we go into it. It, it just turns out to be because of how our society has put focus on who's, who is in command, who's in charge, who is the person that is responsible, as opposed to being like, you know what, we're kind of all in this together. So if you need help, I'm here. And, hmm. and you really do get the same answer and you really do get the thing done faster because if they do need help, then they need help. Like you, they're not going to get it done without that help. And so by asking, you either motivate them to do it because they know your support is there or they're like, yeah, man, I, yeah, give me some help. And then it gets done. So you're there for them. So it sounds to me like using I statements puts the onus of, of responsibility on ourselves, on each of, of our own persons. And that actually brings us closer together as teammates, as opposed to like internalizing or becoming more self-dependent. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is my favorite example. I'm stealing it from one of the worksheets I use all the time, but um, it's really inconsiderate for you to come home so late. Right? Okay. That's, that's the wrong way to do it. As opposed that's the to, wrong way to do it. Yeah, it's the wrong okay. way to do it. And then the right way would be, I get really worried when you come home so late. Sometimes I can't even sleep. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's what we were looking for. Well done. Well done. Okay, so now, so now we understand that uh, you come home late. And that freaks me out. Like that's a not not the right way. But I get worried, so I'm taking responsibility of my own emotions. Um, one common thing that I hear or see, you know, that that this lends to abuse is somebody says, "Well, those are your feelings, and you're responsible for your feelings." What would you say to that? Um. People are responsible for their feelings, but if they're being honest about it, do you want to create those feelings in them? Right? Like, like, do you want to, if you know that that hurts the other person, is there a compromise that works out with them? Hmm. Can you text them? Like, you're, you're always trying to work toward compromise. And in that regard, that's when you get over to the concept of aggressive, passive, and assertive communication. Right. So this is this the next step in the chain is like, where are you in this communication? And if the person is passive and that person is being aggressive, which is usually what's happening there, then it it comes down to the person that's passive learning how to be more assertive and being like, well, you know, my, my feelings do matter. And 
I want us to come together at some mutual ground. I, I really could benefit and feel better if I just knew you were okay. All right. You said aggressive and aggressive communication, passive communication. What was that third one? Assertive. Assertive. Yeah. Assertive. Can you give me some examples of different of the, each of those types of communication, aggressive, passive, and assertive? May, I don't know if it works if talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, uh, let me, let me try an example. Um, I forgot to go get, uh, baby formula okay and now um, one of my partners is mad at me or both of them are mad at me okay because i so, forgot that okay go passive is okay well you know i, I can run out and I can get it right mm -hmm. and it's completely inconvenient for them maybe they've been taking care of a baby the whole time that's been really unhappy right mm -hmm. um and then assertive is get the hell out of here and go get some baby formula like, like that's aggressive. Sorry, it's aggressive is just to be like, that's your problem. Go fix it now, mm -hmm. right? No consideration. And then, you know, a service. Well, we really need it. Um, either you can watch the baby or I can, but somebody needs to run out and get it. You know. Okay. So, so you're you're giving a compromise. You're saying, okay, well, this has to happen, but either of us can go take care of it, and it's up to you. Right? So it, it sounds like. Uh, passive could lead to like uh, passive aggression later where if we don't take action about it now, I'm going to grow resentful from it. Does that sound about right to you? It's the passive aggressiveness, but it's also that that person isn't expressing their needs. So they tend to get walked over because maybe somebody doesn't even know because maybe somebody's really assertive in that relationship, but the other person isn't expressing their needs. So they don't know that they're, just stepping on that other person's got it right yeah. all right so now i'm gonna bring it back okay. how does this kind of therapy how do these kinds of topics come up in gamified therapy so a lot of a lot of it is just being really nerdy <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just connecting with my clients on that really nerdy level um and and trying to help them figure that part out on what clicks for them. Mm -hmm. So uh, yesterday, somebody realized that she became very overwhelmed very quickly in the situation. She's very passive. It's very hard for her to think in that regard. And so we went through and we found that it, it helps if she drops back and ha like has Spock in her head, right? And mm -hmm. Spock's there to check in with her and go, hey, you know, are you thinking through this with your emotion? Are you in an emotional place? And that's what's making you overwhelmed. And when she does that, she's able to go, okay, wait a minute. I am, I'm allowing myself to become overwhelmed. How do I handle this? What is the logical answer? And so just sometimes connecting with whatever their nerdy vein is, as part of the gamification, because it's imagination. You're helping them imagine, create visualizations that help bring up that behavior. And instead of it just being some therapist's words and a worksheet, it's things that they connect with, characters they connect with. So interesting. So interesting. It's it's like role playing in a ding, 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 light bulbs. Like, right? That's It is literally role playing games, but just using it in this unique, fun, 
therapeutic way. That's super cool, Matt. Thanks, man. That is super cool. I'm 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 loving it. Um what else? What have I missed? What have I what didn't I ask you that you wish I had asked you so far? Um, you know, I I think the other thing I'd said is, you know, what would I say if if I came on your show is probably the most important thing that I could I could give to everybody. And it really came down to when I thought about it, um it's it's better to go to therapy before things are bad. Mm-hmm. And you can you can get some basic stuff from a good cognitive behavioral therapist um, that that can help you along the way, that can help you and your partners along the way. You know, like one of the biggest ones that, that shocks me all the time is everybody comes to me when things are bad. And the mm-hmm. first thing I always ask is, okay, do you guys have fair fight rules? And I always hear no. Fair fight rules? Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me more. Okay. Um, fair fight rules are pretty basic. Uh, and, and I teach them my kids, but they're meant for, you know, people that, that are in relationship together. Kids. But kids. my kids love them too. We're yeah. all, my we're kids all are just like, okay, kids. this works. Right. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> um, but it's when, when people start using hurtful language or they start losing, you know, tonal control, then you need to have a break. That, that, that is automatic. You can't just power your way through and, you know, yell and sure, scream and, sure. you know, use feels, nasty language. Yeah. Feels pretty right. basic. Feels yeah. like I learned that in kindergarten. Right. But we forget about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> we forget about that. You know, um, when we're when we're really upset at the end of the month and complaining about who needs to chip in what for bills. Right. right? Yeah. Um, you know, when there's things that, that are hard, we, we tend to all get nervous about them. Money is a big one. I, I right. find that, you know, that's always a problem. Um, so that's the first one. The, the second one is the person that first notices it or the person that is overwhelmed, whatever their reason, and they call for a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, that person is in charge of remembering what the topic was and saying when we should come back. Like, okay, I, mm. I need a break. Let's come back in an hour and I'll remember what we were talking about. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So that's another good uh, fair fight rule. And that definitely makes more, I don't know. The, 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 that's a new one for me. Um, how does it apply specifically across polycules or, or maybe better said, uh, what, what issues do you see with polycules when it comes to fair fight rules? I, I think it's that what I've seen is when two, two of the people's partners are, are having these fights that are kind of getting out of control and the other partners like, we can't, we don't know what to do. Like, like it, it's harmful for us to watch them be so harmful to each other. Like we're all okay and we're okay with them, but they're not okay. And mm. we, we don't know how to separate ourselves from this to be helpful because they want to choose sides, right? They, they, they want their, their partner. Yeah. They're, they're like, okay, well, you're, really being the aggressor here and this person is you know so they they end up choosing or seeing it from their point of view and sometimes their point of view isn't you know just it it isn't it isn't weighed out they don't have all the facts they don't understand it Mm -hmm. it's their feelings are more involved than their logic um so that's that's kind of a big one is to walk the whole group through learning um 
how to do a little reality testing, how, how to take the situation and strip it down to its basics and go, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen? What's probably the most realistic thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. um, will this be a problem in a week? Will it be a problem in a month? Will it be a problem in a year? Those are quick ways to blow it off. Um, you know, I mean, not blow off in a bad way, but to be like, yeah, we're arguing about this. Right. Um, the, the, the other one is just, what would I say if this wasn't my relationship and my friend came to me and told me the scenario? That's always so tough. That one's always so tough. Um, I had a conversation over the weekend with my partner about shame, right? Okay. Shaming myself for <gasps> smoking weed, right? It was this whole, um, it was, it, it, I grew up with, you know, very anti drinking, anti smoking. I didn't, you know, try any of that stuff until after high school, um, you know, whatever. So like, this was my background. So there's a lot of, of shame that I was carrying it. What were you saying? Cause I lost my train of thought. Um, that ask imagining that a friend came to you with that problem and that then one. answering it for them. Yeah. That one. And so she asked me, she said, uh, what would you tell somebody that came to you and felt shame for, you know, for, for, for their habit. And I was like, yikes, you know, sometimes that's hard to do just to put yourself in those shoes. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you, sorry, was, um, in those situations where we have all of these different partners that are involved and, is, do we find a mediator? Do you find that there's often like a mediator or should we pick somebody to be a mediator? I think, that, I mean, that's like the blessing and the curse in the poly relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, because there aren't just two people bouncing these concepts off of each other and misconstruing them. There, There is an outside view that is much closer to them than the neighbor or a family member that doesn't live with them. Right, that this is a much closer heartfelt view. And so you do have that as a gift, but that can also very quickly become a problem as well because that person, sometimes the, the side they take um, ends up causing more problem than healing mm -hmm. the situation. And so it has to be handled carefully. And sometimes it does need outside help. And that's why I'm like, it, 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 when it feels, starts to feel uncomfortable and it starts to feel like you need help, get help the, 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 we're not you know at least for me as a therapist i try to be fun i try not to get in everybody's business i let you tell me what you're going to tell me and i try to actually solve problems i'm solution focused <laughs> so if you're going to if you're going to get a therapist go for somebody that's solution focused because they don't they don't need your entire background they don't need everybody's concern they they say what's the problem you tell them the problem they're like, okay, what's going on during the problem? You tell them what's going on and they start looking to help you to find answers and to move past it. And I think that that's the, the big thing that having that outside person is for, is to help you move past that without involving everybody into choosing sides. You're right. It would definitely uh, start to grow a resentment towards whoever side gets picked. And um, yeah, there's, there's no easy way unless... We go and talk to somebody like Matt. Um, Matt, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, wanted to work with you, wanted to game with you, uh, you know, therapy yeah. or otherwise, uh, how would people get in touch with you? 
Um, they can go to my website, uh, heroichealthgroup.com. Uh, I mean, I, I come up pretty quick. quick. Um, my last name's easy to remember, especially in consideration with Dungeons and Dragons. Matt Fay, it's F-A-H-Y. You can pull me up. Um, I got a few sites out there. Uh, and I think like info at heroichealthgroup.com. That's that's my email. You can always email me and ask me. I, I try my best to work with everybody with whatever they need or refer you to somebody else that I know that's a lot of fun and does a good job. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Matt, it has been such a pleasure getting to know you, getting to laugh with you, uh, getting to learn about gamifying therapy. I think that this is a really cool thing that you're doing. Uh, I think that there's definitely a lot of nerds, you know, a lot of us nerds. My, my nerdery is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, by the way. Awesome um, choice. Thank you. I mean, I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, lots of gamers, lots of people that need help, lots of uh, great resources. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, we get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30. Got a special episode tomorrow with Remodeled Love or sign up for our Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. Thank you again, Matt. Thank you again, everybody. Until next time, tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.